So we're picking up from uh, Genesis 11, verse 10, uh, which is another list of names. <laughs> okay, but let's see what we can learn from this. Genesis 11, verse 10, this is the account of Shem. Two years after the flood, when Shem was 100 years old, 100 years old, well, he became the father of Apaxad, and after he became the father of Apaxad, Shem lived 500 years and had other sons and daughters. Wait, let, let me just check. I think we read about Shem in chapter 10. Yeah, we did. So this is kind of a repeat, I guess. Yeah, so earlier in chapter 10, we already read about uh, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and we already had a genealogy then, but it seems to be uh, repeating it here. Um, from Shem down to Arpaxad. But I think the difference is it's just going down from father to son to son to son. So it doesn't tell you all the sons, all the family members, but we're back to just that one line of hope, one line of faith, whereby each father is looking to the next son, to the next son, to the next son. Yeah, verse 12. When Arpaxad had lived 35 years, he became the father of Shelah, and after he became the father of Shelah, Arpaxad lived 403 years and had other sons and daughters. When Shelah had lived 30 years, he became the father of Eber. And after he became the father of Eber, Eber Shelah lived 403 years and had other sons and daughters. Now, it's, it's interesting comparing this with the last time we saw that list of fathers and sons. That was back in Genesis chapter 5. And we began with Adam going down to Noah. And of course, after Noah came the flood. Uh, but one thing to notice was that the lifespan, the lifespan of Adam was much longer than the one that we have here in Genesis 11. In Genesis 5, we see that Adam uh, was 800 years when he had Seth, and then he lived till 930 years. Uh, and all of them had pretty long lifespans. But now after the flood, we see that it's effectively kind of like halved. So Shem had 500 years as opposed to 930. So already an effect of uh, perhaps the flood, you know, lifespans of human beings have now been cut short. Uh, perhaps an indicator that that curse of death still hangs over like a cloud over humanity. Yeah, where were we? Um, Eber, verse 16, 34 years, became the father of Peleg. Did I read this again? <laughs> I'm sorry if I repeated myself. Uh, verse 17, and after he became the father of Peleg, Eber lived 430 years, had other sons and daughters. Verse 18, when Peleg had lived 30 years, he became the father of Reu. And after he became the father of Reu, Peleg lived 209 years and had other sons and daughters. So half again, from 430, now 209. Verse 20, when Reu had lived 32 years, he became the father of Serug. And after he became the father of Serug, Reu lived 207 years and had other sons and daughters. Uh, I'm also noticing that it doesn't have that phrase, and he died, and he died, and he died. That was in chapter 5. But here it just says, and he lived a certain amount of years, shorter years, but without that phrase, and he died. Um, 
Verse 22, when Serug had lived 30 years, he became the father of Nahor. And after he became the father of Nahor, Serug lived 200 years and had other sons and daughters. When Nahor had lived 29 years, he became the father of Terah. And after he became the father of Terah, Nahor lived 119 years, excuse me, and had other sons and daughters. After Terah had lived 70 years, he became the father of Abraham, Nahor, and Haran. Uh -huh, interesting. So previously it was just father and son, but suddenly now when it stops at this guy named Tira, mentions all three sons that he had. So there's an expansion again. I think a slowing down of the storyline to focus on this guy named Tira. In verse 27, this is the account of Tira. Tira became the father of Abram. Abram, yeah. Nahor and Haran. And Haran became the father of Lot. While his father Tira was still alive, Haran died in Ur of the Chaldeans in the land of his birth. Abram and Nahor both married. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah. She was the daughter of Haran, the father of both Milcah and Iscah. Now Sarai was barren. She had no children. Mm. Tira took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of his son Abram, and together uh, they set out from the Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Tira lived 205 years and he died in Haran. And so that's how the chapter ends with the death of Tira, but the focus on Abram. Abram who is, you know, uh, famously known as the father of faith for um, uh, Jewish people, Muslim people, even Christian people. So this is the beginnings of this father. Now, what do we see from here? Uh, what, <laughs> long list of names, interesting names. Again, descending um, lifespans. But we see, I think, what it's uh, known as the spotlight effect. And shout out to, so this is my why, I was looking at their story on Instagram and they were mentioning the spotlight effect about how people are very conscious about themselves as if there's this spotlight on them. And that's why they don't wear t-shirts like this <laughs> with big portraits of other people because they think, oh no, other people are going to see me wear this t-shirt and judge me. But as it turned out, and they did a study on this, no one really notices, even if you wear weird t-shirts like this, because, because everyone thinks everyone is looking at them. And it's a very interesting kind of human condition where everyone is just so self-conscious, such that it makes them, you know, be embarrassed, overly so, and especially embarrassed of drawing attention to themselves. But the truth is, no one is really noticing. And what we have here is a spotlight effect that's looking down the generations, down the generations from father to son, father and son. And that's essentially the story of Genesis. It's looking for that son that God promised who brings salvation to humanity. God promises in Genesis 3 that one day, one son of Adam will bring about this salvation by taking the curse of death upon himself. And so each time you read, was a father of this, was a father of this, you see the hope looking forward. Could this be the son? Could this be the son? So from Shem, down to Arpaksa, down to Sheila, and so on. Is this the son? Is this the son? No. Is this the son? No. Because he dies, and he dies, and he dies. But interestingly, and this is really, really very interesting, because when we get to Tira, 
We look at Terah's son. His name is Abram, and you say, "Is Abram the son?" But if you just read Genesis 11, you go, "No, can't be. Why? Because verse 30, Sarah was barren. She had no children. Here is a father who has no son, and therefore a father who has no hope." It's very, very interesting because actually it's through Abram that God brings about this hope, this salvation, and this son, who would bring about bring about this promise and of salvation and this realization of salvation that would come through this fatherless father. And I think it says a lot about our expectations. You know, again, we're so self-conscious you know, that we're going to be the hero of the story, but actually God. God is the hero of the story, and the person that God uses is the person that no one expects. <laughs> no one expects would ever fulfill that criteria of being you know, used by God. Why? Because he has no son. He has no hope. But actually, I think God particularly likes to look out for such people because God, I think, likes to surprise us, likes to exceed our expectations. There's probably an element of humility there, you know, when people don't think you're the kind of person that can be used of God and, and maybe you don't think of that yourself as well but I think it also then puts the spotlight rightly back on God you know this person who doesn't quite fit the criteria of that savior that hero complex but then it draws the attention back to God you know how is God going to use this person who is so helpless to help me so it's a lot about God it's just a lot about, you know, Jesus again, you know, how he is that servant who becomes the king, that person who dies to give us, gives us life. Yeah. And so, yeah, that spotlight effect, that Genesis 11 account of looking for that hope, looking for that son who ultimately brings salvation to humanity. Yeah. So it's worth thinking, you know, who are you looking forward to, to bring you that hope, that salvation? You know, if it's not God, you know, um, are you looking for that impressive person? If it is God, are you looking for that impressive event, impressive thing? You know, God often uses humble circumstances, unexpected circumstances to bring about the kind of result that will bring the spotlight, bring the glory back to Him and to Him alone. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Thanks for joining me. Um, looking at Genesis chapter 11, this long list of very interesting names. <laughs>